All right. All right, everybody. Welcome to Bowhunting Soul. Um, I have a really, really cool uh, a podcast. That I've got a special guest tonight who's once again joining me super, super late because that seems to be the only time I can uh, work out my schedule and everyone else's schedule. So we have uh, John Tucker here, who is the creator of the Tacta Saddle. And uh, John, why don't you say hi to everybody? Hi. Hi, Emma. Thanks for uh, having me on. Yeah, not, not, not a problem. Um, we've, we've been trying to uh, do this for, well, probably a couple of weeks now, you know, since we first talked about it. So, um, I guess for, for those of you guys, we, we don't, we don't have to go like super deep right now. For those that don't know, um, John, what do you do? What do you do in your, uh, where do you live and what do you do in your, in your normal life when you're, when you're not doing the, the saddle hunting thing? Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, I live in, uh, Sinclair County, Michigan. Uh, it's a, uh, a, a distant suburb of, of uh, Detroit, we're about 30, 30 something miles away. Um, I am an executive director of human resources for a manufacturing company. It's actually the uh, uh, one of the large privately owned manufacturing companies in St. Clair County, Michigan. Oh, fantastic! So when I'm not hunting and spending time uh, with my family or at church, that's that's basically that's where <laughs> that's where I spend a majority of my time. Cool, I like it. Now, um, you are, well, I guess, I mean, you're in, I'm going to say hunting haven, right? But I mean, that could, that could be taken both ways. There is a ton of hunters in Michigan, but that's a good thing and a bad thing. You got the rich, rich history there, but you also have a ton of hunters in Michigan. How, how is it, how is it hunting up there? Uh, you know, it, it's, I, you know, I find it's the same as, as a lot of places we, you know, we have the same number of. Of, so if we kind of between us and Texas, we have the same number of, of hunters, but yet you know we don't have the uh, private land structure that Texas has, um, and you know they have they have a few more deer than we have. But um, as tough as that may seem, I mean there's still tremendous hunting in the state of Michigan. You know uh, we got a we're very rich in in public land. Um, the DNR is not yet really caught under the quality deer management so they're more in the quantity than air quantity or mm-hmm. quality and uh you know that that kind of spurred you know my my need to, to figure out you know a way to get in deep and getting quick getting quiet and get in light so you know a mother of necessity obviously and and that's more or less how i got caught on the tactical or the saddle hunting as i'm sure most people who saddle hunt did. So yeah, now so the people who who listen to this podcast probably listen to uh, another podcast that, that you're on. You're friends with Jason Samkoviak, um, traditional bow hunting wilderness podcast. So people may recognize you from what he calls the the Tucker Chronicles, right? And that's when you guys are in the car traveling to an out of state hunt. Um, you know, I, I I can't remember where you guys go, Kansas, Missouri, uh, Ohio, something st- something like that, right? So you have been yeah. hunting for like a long time. Is it something that you did uh, as as a kid growing up, or did you get into it later? No, I uh, I started hunting back when I you know, <clears throat> geez, back when I was five six years of age. My grandfather, who was a an avid squirrel hunter, I used to spend a lot of summers in southern Illinois, and I would hunt squirrels with him. And he was a he was a tremendous. Uh, Tremendous squirrel hunter, you know, grew up during the Depression, you know, shot a lot of game with twenty-two rifle and, you know, later with a shotgun. And I learned, that's how I learned how to hunt. And, and what I learned to hunt first was, was squirrels. We, he'd walk me yeah. practically until my legs, you know, there's two places to hunt squirrels, but. You know, that's what we did. You know, early August, we'd go down there and, you know, we'd find the nut trees falling and we'd hunt squirrels. And it was a great experience. Yeah, I, I love I, I love squirrel hunting. I love small game. Um, to me, it's, uh, there's, there's, there, there's, a, you get the thrill of the chase, like, all the time with squirrel hunting instead of just, you know, once or twice in a year with deer. You know what I mean? Right, right. I, I still, I still love that. I mean, I, you know, like you said, you can't. You know, you, you might get one or two shots or maybe, even you know, you might get fortunate and have a, you know, three or four shots in a year with a whitetail. But, mm-hmm. you know, squirrels, you know, you, you might get 
two or three shots or you know three or four shots in a in a thirty minute time frame and if you're in the right area. Exactly. Now, connecting with a with a the whole different no absolutely. So um the and so I I guess when you um you, you know, you, you got into deer hunting afterwards and then I'm guessing you were just you know, in, in normal tree stands and, and whatnot. So how old were you when you decided, okay, I'm, I need to do something different because everyone's on the saddle hunting fad and I'm brand new to it this year. But, um, I mean, you've been doing this for a long, long time, correct? That, that's correct. I, you know, you, you talk about, you know, Michigan rich heritage and firearm deer hunting. And it's, you know, when I was old enough, 14 years old at the time, uh, you know, was, was the minimum age that they would allow you to, to hunt deer and mm-hmm. you did all these things. But 14 was was when I started hunting in Whitevales, and and I I hunted for a rifle with a rifle for a few years, and then you know just kind of got interested. And the compound was just kind of burgeoning and becoming very popular, and uh, got a compound bow for my birthday. My grandfather was buying me these off recurves. For a long time from garage sales and stuff and I was learning to shoot that and shooting carp and stuff with them but um, when I decided I was going to start hunting deer with a bow being in a large firearm deer hunting family it was like my grandfather like I gut shot him <laughs> you know, like a bow in our family literally I was a bow hunter in our family it was like a almost like a betrayal really um, after a couple years he, he gained you know he gained comfort with that and he saw my seriousness the seriousness of what i'm was doing uh, do you still um do you still only bow hunt or do you do you ever pick up the rifle at all for like like the like the northern deer camp you know uh firearm season like like michigan deer camp kind of thing the only time i ever pick up a firearm for deer hunting is uh with my uh with my 16 year old son okay um um a lot of times I'll, I'll hunt either that first day of firearm deer season with him or we'll hunt off and on throughout the, the gun season. But I just, um, I, I love to bow hunt. I'm, I'm primarily a bow hunter. If I can bow hunt, I, I don't ever pick up a gun in lieu of saying, okay, I can get an animal with a bow. Right. I'm going to pick up a gun. It's just, it's not, it's not something I do. Um, shot that compound bow, shot different compound bows for you know several years up until until i went to um and then in 1985 uh picked up a recurve i was i was um got out of school for the summer and started playing around with the recurve i i i don't know just some bug hit me i just wanted to make sure you know i was staying fresh to the whole hunting game with the bow and mm-hmm. start playing it uh, with that, and I'll have a lot of knowledge in terms of how to shoot really, you know, trying to shoot it like for the most part, and then later kind of learned to shoot instinctive. And then that same summer, I um, invested in a Black Widow recurve. I ordered a custom. Oh, nice! Got that back to school, you know, and uh, took that to school with me. And in that year, I actually killed my first deer with a, with a recurve bow. Um, the fall of 85 and I've just never looked back and traditional arbors since I moved a few years later into a into longbow and that's that's been that's been it since the 80s what's your uh look back since since we're talking about your bows what 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 what's your current setup right now like what are you shooting and what are you shooting for an arrow and that kind of stuff a big jim buffalo um buffalo uh, bow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 58 inches. It's uh, 61 pounds at, at my uh, 26 inch draw length. Okay. I'm shooting um, uh, Eastern Axis 500s um, at you know cut at pretty well 26 inches. Um, I'm shooting a Magnus uh, four blade. Um, you know the older version yep. of the Magnus, and um, um, I put a steel insert in there. So I'm shooting with that rig. I'm shooting about seven. And you know, I I just love it. I love the stability of that. I love you know, even if I'm not shooting so so well because I'm shooting such a heavy setup, any kind of mistakes I made just aren't magnified with that setup. Right, very, right. Very happy with, 
you, you broke up a little bit with the arrow weight there. You said you were in the seven hundreds with that. Yeah, yeah, just about about seven fifteen. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. So, okay, so now we've we've got we've got a bow hunter, we've got a traditional bow hunter, and now you decide, okay, I need to do something different than everybody else, right? The normal tree stands aren't working. I got to get away. I got to get in deeper. I got to be mobile. So, did, were you like originally? Like, how did you get clued into the whole saddle hunting thing? Like, what 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 brought that on your radar, and what made that you know kind of an option for you? Like, hey, this is something I want to do. Well, that's that's a great question. Um, funny because I I had a buddy a buddy who was a who was a plumber, and he got the first um, the first Anderson tree sling back in the late. 80s that okay. I ever ever saw. Yep. And Mark, who, who did a lot of um, he did a lot of of, of of urban hunting, so he was jumping around. He was getting like uh, you know people let him hunt in their backyards in Oakland County, Michigan here, and there's a lot of deer there. So he showed it to me one day. We were we were messing around. We were at some. We used to do these big shoots with friends. You know, pre bow hunting or pre uh, bow hunting season, right? With people and we'd three D, three D targets and, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And he had a, but he was showing it to me. Well, that that fall actually, I was going to a tr- on a trip to Montana, and um, I, I thought, I you know, these guys are all talking about hunting off the ground, and I I'm thinking, well, I'm going to just take a some easy hang, you know, rope steps, and I'm going to buy one of those saddles, and I'm going to hunt out of a tree. Okay. And sure enough, I did. And the first morning we were there, I climbed up in a tree in the dark, basically. You know, we had some rough maps, and obviously there was no, you know, no electronic maps. We had printed maps that the outfitter was given us. So yeah. It was a DIY, you know, he just provide the property, and then you go find your own place on. So I went down on the, the river, and uh, found a tree to climb up in, and about 35 minutes after daylight, here come this nice, nice nine point. I'm walking right up the edge of this this river and kind of cut right up underneath of me. And I had the opportunity to shoot that deer with that that my black widow in that saddle. And I, man, I was at that time I was kind of over. And that's it. You're like, hey, this was it. Uh, this is this was my this yeah. was my key. Now, do you think you would have been able to get into that tree um, in a normal tree stand, or was it completely just like saddle? No, you you could have probably, but the point was, we flew to Montana, and these guys you know, they weren't going to log any tree stands. Oh, that, that okay. Tree sling, yeah, into a ball and threw a bag of steps in my bag. You know, yeah, I wasn't carrying a compound, so. You know, black widow recurve, you break that thing down, put it in a case, I slip that in my bag. I had my whole my whole hunting, you know, thing in a in a bag. You so, know, that's you real know, that's that's really th- that's sorry to interrupt. That that's that that's a great point you mentioned you know, that. Because uh, we we talk about being mobile, and everyone thinks about being mobile like locally, right through the trees. But I mean, you were like really mobile. Like I mean, you flew to Montana, <laughs> you know, to be able to take all that stuff with you. That's the ultimate in mobile, right? I, I guess I never thought of it that way. That yeah, right. And I mean, at that time, you know, you travel with a compound bow. You had an SBS case that was like a, you know, I mean, it was as big as a. Yeah, it's huge. You know, right, it was as big as a. Huge. It was a huge case, and you know. And again, like I said, I break that recurve down. You know, had my arrows in the case, put those, yeah. you know, padded them around with with clothing, and and put that saddle in there and those steps in there, and you know, we checked our bags and then rented a car when we got to Montana. And I, I mean, I pulled my bags out. We got in there, and when we got to camp, I you know put that bow together and grabbed that saddle and grabbed those steps, and I was off. Then you're ready to rock. And these guys trying to figure out how they were going to hunt off the ground. Right, you know, and uh, uh, there was only two of us out of out of seven guys that took deer that that week. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, 35 minutes into my hunt, I mean, I ended up having to hunt, you know, rabbits and coyotes. <laughs> the time I was tagged there. out, but I had a blast, you know, and I shot, yeah, shot a real a real nice buck. Yeah, you know, doing it. So that's that that that's um, really cool. So I, I was hooked at that. So, so then when did you decide to start making yeah, your so own? 
Well, Pokemon came out after that, so I, I did I did jump into uh, you know the Tree Saddle mm-hmm. for a while. So those are really the only two commercial I ever hunted out of. And you know, it served me trophy line served me for a couple of years, but then I started to get to a point where I'm like, God, I you know I wish it had this quality of the tree sling, but at the same time I wish it had this quality of the the the, the tree saddle. And um, I started I started sewing a version of the the um that um Anderson without the dedicated tether, mm-hmm. right? I just what I did is I just I, I sewed a, like on the trophy line, I sewed a dedicated belt on that, but it was made all out of webbing. There was no material on it. Okay. And basically, I just hooked those, you know, my lineman belt right to the saddle itself. I didn't have any lineman loops, you know, dedicated for that. And that's, that's kind of how it ended up. And then over the years, I just started modifying it and putting things in place. And then about, Ten years ago is when I really started to settle into the, the current, you know, the kind of the tactic saddle as you see it now with the loops going between my legs, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, I had reservations just like a lot of guys, like, God, I think it's going to be a wedgie. Never did. I mean, I you know, locked in a tree. It stayed in place. It was the best of both worlds as far as I was concerned in terms of the, the trophy line and the, you know, and the Anderson tree line. And I've really not ever looked back. I've made some modifications and some other things. Material came out better. You know, some other things came out better. Um, you know, started to utilize a dedicated bridge. You know, heck, I mean, I, I give credit to these guys. I didn't even, I didn't even call it a bridge. I didn't have terminology for the saddle. Right. I just <laughs> put it on and, and shout with it. You, you, you just, you just basically, think, yeah. Okay. So how many how many iterations of this did you go through when after after you first started? Yeah, that's a that's an excellent question. Jason used to give me a hard time about it because every year I'd show up, you know, and then every hunt we go on together, we go to Missouri, we go to Kansas, we go down here. Every time I would show up, I'd have a different version of it. Mm-hmm. So I guarantee I probably easily went through two dozen. Oh wow, versions of the same two dozen, yeah. but the. the the general premise never changed. The general, the general configuration never changed. It was just the addition of different things, mm-hmm. you know. Or I was the sizing, you know. I, I was, I played with a bigger one, a smaller one, and finally said, "Look, I can sew this to waist size, and it doesn't make a difference." So um, it, it's been a, it's been a really a, a cool trip. I mean, he, he's he watched me throughout this whole process, and you know, he and I hunted together all over. Um, and, uh, a lot of times I bring that saddle and sometimes I would, you know, so I, I do love the lone wolf tree thing. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, but, and I, and I don't really ever think that a tree stand or a saddle will completely overtake a tree stand because I mean, there's just comforts in a, in a well-placed stand if you can and leave the sand in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other hand, mobile hunter, somebody who's got to go in and set up cold. There is nothing like a saddle. Yeah, I, I agree. Like as 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 a newbie coming to this, right? This is my first year um, with anything to do with saddles, and um, I agree with you. I mean, in, in a in, in a tree stand, um, you 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 are going to have more comfort. I think you have a place to sit down. Um, you know, when you just like literally when you want to sit down, like on a seat, you can sit down on a seat. You have little more support when you're um you know standing you can just stand and kind of lean against the tree i mean no one's arguing that you know but what i what i got tired of was well first of all i had an xop vanish and i don't want to keep bashing on xop i should have bought the lone wolf but um it just wasn't as stable i and 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 it took me a long time to actually get uh comfortable being in a tree stand anyway i wasn't all that happy with the heights you know and and i i I could never you know i didn't like that it wobbled because i could never get it to lock for me properly cam lock for me so you know i was going to get rid of the my my tree stand anyway and i probably would have gone to a lone wolf and then this whole you know saddle thing came along right and i don't really know how i even like started um uh that that got on my radar you know and i'm like well i'm just going to give this a try and at the time you know tethered tethered was coming out with their mantis and stuff so i ordered one of those and um 
you know, and, and you know, before we go on, I mean, th- th- those guys, you know, I think they've they've they've, they've kind of taken this this thing by storm, right? I mean, they didn't invent the saddle, but I mean, like they 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 kind of blew up in the last year. So I think there's Absolutely. a lot of other people yeah. that are coming into it, you know, like yourself and 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 some other like smaller companies that are that are kind of. Uh, doing this commercially. So that was the first one that I bought. So I don't really, I can't really compare it to anything else. I can't compare it to any of the, the arrow hunter stuff or whatever, which, you know, granted they're different. And I think with this, um, in this genre, right, everyone's body shape is different. Everyone's body type is different. And just because, you know, one isn't comfortable for you doesn't mean it's not going to be comfortable for them. And I want to support like everybody, right? Like those guys are literally, right. you know, one of the owners is like 10 minutes down the road for me. And then they the saddles are manufactured 20 minutes down the road for me, you know? And I support anybody that has that entrepreneurial, like, you know, American go get them kind of spirit, right? I love that stuff. So, um, but it, but with that one, it, it, I just wasn't comfortable as far as, um, like it, I was getting a wedgie. It was, it was, I was sliding forward in it. It would, it would ride up, you know? Um, and I'm like, man, you know, I, I'm willing to try other things. And then of course, listening to Jason all the time, he, he'd always said he was, he was bugging you about, um, trying to bring this thing to market. You know, he kept egging you on calling you names and all that stuff. And, and then all of a sudden I watched that video, you know, that, that got some flack and we can talk about that in a little bit, but the, you know, that, that video yeah. about, you know, uh, him, him showing your, your tactic saddle and stuff. And I'm, I'm like, okay. Um, granted Jason is not a saddle hunter, but from all the years that I've listened to him talking about how much of a diehard saddle hunter you are, I knew that it had to be, you weren't going to bring some, and also from him talking about your personality about like, man, I'm not like seeking limelight. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not, you know, and it sounds like it took a lot of urging to do that. And I'm like, well, this guy's not going to bring something to market that's just going to be junk. So that's why I was like, okay, I'm curious about this thing. And I gave you a call and ordered one up. And lo and behold, this thing is comfortable. John, I love it. It's comfortable. Well, and, and yeah, and you know, he, he and Jason, I'll tell you, I, and, and just talk about Jason here just for a few minutes. He, he did not, he didn't want to give me a choice on that. <laughs> you know, because he, he knew, I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst guy. I, I'm afraid, I'm afraid of failure. Yeah. I mean, I'm a very aggressive guy. I and mean, when it comes to business and HR, I mean, I do, I've, I've been doing things that, again, other people aren't. I mean, and I'm not beating my own chest, but I'm an award-winning HR director. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I received an award from Michigan Manufacturing Association last year for Talent Champion of the Year. Oh. You know, in my work with schools and you know developing the skilled trades, so you know I, I don't consider myself shy or, or apprehensive at all. But to your point, I when it when it comes to things like this, I don't want to let people down. Mm-hmm. I don't. I know I I hunt out of it, but I consider my backside maybe tougher than some because I've been doing it for so long. Right. I, I don't want to say anybody making some claim that. You know, that I can't back up. It's just not, it's just not me. And, and lo and behold, I've, had, I've got guys like you who have, who have, who have, you know, who are willing to give me a try and give my product a try. And I'm getting just amazing feedback. You know, I, I mean, I, I the, the overwhelming response to this is, is just amazing. You know, guys texting me and calling me and telling me, you know how much they love this stuff. I, I never would have imagined it, and I never would have done it if Jason hadn't said, "I'm not giving you a choice. I'm going to put a video up here, and you're going to you're going to end up having people calling you want these things." Yeah. So, and we put a we put a website together, and you know helped, and you know had a couple guys you know say, "Hey, look, I just can't get comfortable." To your point, though, it's just it, it's just it's. Not a, not the saddle's not going to be a solution for every single person. Nor is tethered. Nor is arrow hunter. Mm-hmm. None of us are going yeah. to do that. But I, I get to tell you, I, yeah, I hand it to those guys as well because they they did they they grabbed a hold of a concept and they ran with it. And you got to you got to commend people who are willing to take a risk. Yeah, the, and, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, and you don't have to get specifics, but we I think everyone kind of kind of has an idea of what it might be, what kind of undertaking this might be, not only for time, because um, you have, like you said, you're, you you have a full-time job, like everyone else has a full-time job, 
it sounds like you're extremely busy, but you know, a time away from that, time away from your family, uh, the, the financial investment you must have made into this, and also the liability-wise that you know, for for any business or any person starting anything, especially yeah. selling something where you're strapping someone, someone's about twenty-five feet in the air, has got to be astronomical. You know, so I like I said, I, I I commend anybody for for like diving into this, going, you know what, I believe so 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 passionately about this that I actually want to bring it bring it to market. Now that that first video. Uh, got some flack, you know, and we talked about this. It got some flack on, uh, on, on, especially that saddle hunter forum, you know, when it first came out and they're like, people were like, yeah, man, it's, there's, there's no way it looks like butt floss. How, how can that possibly be comfortable? Is this a joke? You know, this and that. And I'm sitting there like, and they started bashing on a little bit of, uh, of, of, of Jason. Right. And, and if you don't follow him, um, he's very animated, you know, um, you know, everything is like incredible, incredible, you know what I mean? But that's just like his personality. Right. Um, so, and, and, and I, after listening to some of the comments yeah. and I, and I went on there, I said, I said, listen, I said, don't, he, he's not like some Billy Mays pitch man. Okay. Um, he, he may, you know, the, the video, you may not like the video. Um, uh, somebody said, uh, I think somebody said, um, I want to, I want to, you know, hear about the, the saddle, but I can do without his hyperbole, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, no, no, that's just him being animated. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, um, I, I, I think it, People didn't give it a, give it a fair shot at first without even seeing it in their hands, and and and, and I said, look, I said, um, from what I know of of these two guys, I don't think something would come to market without without it being, you know, a good, you know, give it give it a shot, you know, forget it, forget what you know what, what Jason might think or or say or whatever on a video, forget the video, forget whatever, order one up and and just see, because because that's what I did, right? And I'm telling you, I if, for me, it, it took away all. Um, maybe it's just the way it fits me. Maybe it's just the way it's cut. Maybe it, I, I don't know. I can't explain it. I mean, subtle, subtle things make a big difference. And, you know, everyone was like, well, how can that, that, that strap that goes up, up the backside? I mean, you can, maybe you can talk about that strap a little bit. But like, it looks like butt floss. How is that, how's that going to be comfortable? You know, cause you don't have like, you don't have a mesh anything. It's almost like, um, the, the tacta saddle is a frame of a saddle without like the, the, the mesh, you know, um, like skin of a saddle. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it would it would look like that thing would that strap would want to creep right up the crack of your rump. I mean, honestly, literally. But because of the way that the the, the rump strap, you know, and I know, I know a lot of people have fun with that, but I didn't know what to call it. Mm-hmm. You know, the sling side, the bottom strap of that. Yeah. Right? The way that that slides up and down on that, it, it prevents that from going, you know, from wanting to dig into, you know, Create a wedge, right, right, and I, I know, you know, and that acted in place of any kind of fabric, you know, and and again, his Jason's Jason's enthusiasm around this was based on the fact, yeah, he's not a saddle hunter, right, he has been and has seen me hunting out of that for literally twenty plus years, mm-hmm. so you know, uh, I'll never forget when we first I first started, you know introduced him to that you know he, he, he was just like these guys just like anything else you're going to hang in a tree and you're going to be comfortable in that you know you know how we hunt we go in and we don't come out till dark right you, you feel you're going to be able to do this and um you know for a while i mean you know for the, the first you know five or six years when i started hunting out of the anderson Priestling, there was a big learning curve on that and i i'll, I'll be honest, i blew some shots you know, and I've some shots of some big animals. But, you know, the trade-off was still enough for me that I could throw that in a backpack and a set of free stuff, and I could climb any tree, and I can hunt out of any hill where other guys weren't going. Right. And, you know, in the late 80s and early 90s, that, that, that was gold. And it's especially gold now. Yeah. And I, and I think that's the enthusiasm about that hunting it is. But back to Jason, yeah, he got a lot of flack for that. But I, I gotta tell you, I, I would bet money, and, and this will probably gain some traction. I would put my money, if I put two guys in a woods, I, and if I put money on the guy that would shoot the first deer or the biggest deer, I put my money on Jason every single time. Mm-hmm. I, I never met a guy who could who could read 
a woods and get in the deer the first night more than Jason. Right. I mean, you know, I consider myself a pretty strong hunter, but that guy just, I don't know what it is about him. He's a deer magnet. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, he got a lot of flack. And I, and I, and I don't, I don't think he cared too much about it though either, you know? As far as making comments to him, they, they don't know Jason. Right, They right. knew Jason, they didn't make those comments. Yeah. Him. Well, yeah. luckily, you know, it, it, it's standing on its own. The product's standing on its own, right? I mean, uh, you said a bunch of people have bought it. Um, you know, I I got one, and I know, um, I think you sent one to, or you, you've been talking to, um, I think he goes by Nutter Busters, I think, on, on the saddle forum. I don't know. I yeah, think he was yeah, testing yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, he has one. He's had one now for about three weeks, you know, I, I've only been doing this for two months. I get right. I've sold 70 saddles. Wow. And, you know, you know, a little less than 60 days, I think it's, you know, yeah. So. Yeah. It, it's apt. And, and anyway, so, I mean, from, from what, from what anyone who's actually sat in it is saying, yeah, you know what, you, you don't even, you don't, you know, don't, don't write it off as something that even though it may look uncomfortable just to the just to the eye, you don't. It doesn't even feel any different than than anything else. You know what I mean? As, as far as you know, like worse or you know that kind of thing. It's it's not it's not what you think it is. You know, give it a chance. And um, I I I I think I talked about this. I, I put out a podcast. I think last week maybe or whatever. And what this actually allowed me to do was um, I I actually went back to trying to use the one stick method for climbing. And a lot of that has to do with this, with this tactic saddle. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you why. Now, before I tried it, I tried doing the, um, the one stick thing. And if people aren't familiar with that, you know, you walk up to the tree, you put your stick on, you throw your lineman belt around or your tether or whatever. And it, you know, and then you climb right. up, right. And then right. you move your, you move your tether up and then you transfer your weight to your bridge, right? So you're hanging there yeah. and then you yeah. either like, you know, spread your legs and splay them around the tree and reach down and pull your stick up. Or in my case, I just kind of, you know, hang off to one side a little bit and then move your stick up and then retighten the stick, step on the stick, climb up, move your tether up, you know, so on and so forth. Now, when I tried that before, I was actually sliding down too much, right? Um, now, granted, the saddles aren't really designed to be have that load direction on them because it's almost pulling straight up on you, right? But I felt yeah. like, I mean, if the leg straps weren't on, I was, they were, you know, it was going to end up around under my armpits. And you're, you're flailing around in there. You feel like, like a, like a tuna cotton, like a trawler net kind of thing. And, you know, much less, you don't, you know, you're just trying to like, I don't know, stay in the thing. It felt like it was so uncomfortable, you know, kicking around, flailing around, much less trying to reach down and move a stick. When I switched to the tactic saddle, it, I didn't have that feeling of sliding, you know, that, that wedgie or the, trying to ride up or anything like that. I, I mean, I was literally hanging there could kick off to the side of the tree calmly totally supported right and then i can slowly and quietly reach down grab my stick move it up you know didn't take a lot of effort i wasn't i wasn't flailing around trying to stay in the saddle i was concentrating on moving the stick up does that make sense it makes perfect sense yeah yeah so i was able to do that so this was kind of like a domino effect for me which was like wow this is awesome because so because you know i i'm i'm able to do the one stick method I'm only carrying, as it says, one stick. And because I'm only carrying one stick, it's a whole lot lighter. It carries better. Um, I only have to try and strap one stick to my backpack, which, you know, uh, any saddle hunter will, will soon discover, or if they haven't already discovered, carrying a climbing method is probably one of the most difficult um, problems, I guess, out there. Because with a tree stand, you have this, like, flat surface to be able to... to um, uh, strap sticks to, you know, nice and solid. And then that whole contraption with the, with, with the, um, with the stand and the sticks together, then you figure out what you're going to do with all that, right? Either carry that with, with, you know, backpack straps or in a molly belt or, you know, strap that to like a bigger pack or something like that, whatever. But when you take away that platform, those sticks are kind of hard to strap to like a soft backpack without clanging around, moving around. So the less you have to take, in my opinion, the better. So me, all I'm doing now is carrying one stick, you know, and I'm not having like three sticks bungee together and then the combined weight of that trying to flop around, trying to be controlled by bungees or compression straps on a backpack. I just have the one stick. 
So that was just like 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 the the domino effect of that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you boy, you nailed that because I mean, when you're when you're saddle hunting, the the bulkiest and the the hardest to handle item is your whatever you're using to climb with. Yeah. But I, I handed to her these these one sick methods, or I've seen those other guys that that pull themselves, you know, who are using our arborist method, yep. pulling themselves in the tree. You know, I'm I'm a little old school. I am working on another set of sticks that I think will will change people's minds about climbing sticks a little bit. I don't want to give too much away. I'm going to be yep. doing final testing, you know, in the next few weeks, and hopefully releasing those sometime in 2020. But, um, you know, you, you're describing. I mean, that's that's the biggest conundrum that we face as saddle hunters is this: what do we what do we carry into the woods to climb up? And that's one of the major questions. I what do you use? Yeah, what what do you use, well, John? What, what's your what's your preferred method? Well, I'm using this this prototype set of sticks. Okay. But, you know, I'm not to a set of stuff. So I used to take. I had a pair of actually I had several pairs, probably more stuff than I needed to. I used to use the uh, uh, um, Amero stuff. Okay. Stops, of course. Um, for a long time, I used those. Um, oh, the easy hangs. I'm forgetting the, uh, the 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 name of them, but they're rope on stuff. Like a squirrel step kind of thing, or? Uh, no, it was a little. They're a little older than that. They do. Uh, uh, they have a set of screws as well. Okay. Um, I'm forgetting the name anyway. But then I uh, had a pair of. I got a set of Dear Me steps. It's an older style step. It's more of a a rod type stuff with amp steel on it where you can loop it around. It's got a hook mm-hmm. where you hook it in place and it just time down. But they're really light. They're really they're really packable, you know, I could get a real, I could get a dozen steps, you know, in a bag pretty easy. And I know it's a pain in the butt to have to strap 12 straps on a tree, but to your point, if you can drop that in a backpack where you don't have anything clanking on branches, and especially in some of the places I hunt, it's thick. Um, we, I hunt a lot of mark land here too, and the monkey of one tree sitting in the middle of a, a, a Bit of dry ground where mm-hmm. you got to and take waders and wade into it. Yeah, kind of yeah. like a little oak island kind it's of thing. A little, yeah. Oh, yeah, almost. But a month will only be one tree, and mm-hmm. the tree's not very big. Well, you don't want to climb. You know, you don't want to climb even ten foot in that tree. You want to get just above the tree enough to be able to shoot over the marsh grass. Right. And you know, you might only take one stick to get to that point. Um, you know, because if you get any higher, you're gonna stick out like a sore thumb yeah so um so you know any anything i can use i mean i just encourage guys to use whatever they're comfortable with don't don't feel like you got to be in the bowl where you like if you can get a set of sticks on a backpack and you can walk through your hunting area without making a lot of noise doing that do it but the the key is stay safe you know don't don't take unnecessary risk trying to save a few ounces mm-hmm. or even a few pounds Trying to climb into a tree, it's just not, it's not worth it. Um, you know, you can still get in a tree and get in a hunting area pretty quietly, you know, um, by just using a full length set of lone wolf climbing stick. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I've got the you Hawk know, Heliums. Yeah, and I've I've gone through um, a couple iterations of how I attached them. You know, I did the rope modification to them, you know, with the Versa button and stuff. And yeah. then, um, yeah. you know, then I, uh, Recently, I ended up like cutting them down, you know, just because it, it's not so much the weight, um, but it's the bulk and packability, you know, that, that's an issue. So I, I, I did, the, I did the cut, you know, cutting down modification on them, and then I recently switched to that you know, 764 Amsteel Daisy Chain. That works out really good. And I was actually just talking to Jason today about, um, uh, I was trying to figure out how to keep because I've, I've got like a little a platform that's bolted to the top of my st- my stick, right? Um, so, and it's, it's by that artisan outdoor fabrication. Great, great little thing. It doesn't weigh a whole lot. I take one stick. Um, but the problem is, you know, to take full advantage of the whole saddle thing, right. Is, is I'd I'd like to be able to, to lean out more and put a, uh, you know, around and be able to walk around or at least like lean out more on that platform. But when you do, it puts a lot of side load on that platform. Right. And it, and it's, it's, it's tending to kick my stick out. So we were discussing ways to maybe keep the bottom of that stick from because because the top isn't wanting to kick out because the Versa button is above center line. But like maybe if I 
Um, so I just went and got um, some paracord and one of those night eyes cam jams today. I was going to try that actually when, when I when I got it, so I can maybe just jam the um, the, the bottom of that stick just to keep it from kicking out left and right. That way, I can put some side pressure uh, at the top of the stick right. and not have it kick out. So it's all an iteration, right. but yeah, I'm be, because that it's only one stick. Like I made my I made a grappling hook, and then uh, you know I've, I've, I was going to like practice how to get down because I'm, I'm taking. I'm turning my um, um, my tether, sorry, my my lineman belt into a second tether, right? And I actually put a second bridge, um, second bridge on this thing because that's just the way I am, right? Like I'm like a like a one is none, two is one kind of thing, you know. And not that it's not plenty strong enough. I did it with the mantis too. So I what I have is I have the the bridges just slightly different lengths, and I have you know I have my lineman belt up there anyway. So I ended up putting like a figure eight. Um, on it and I, and I looped it around and I, and I made it into, you know, like a girth hitch, like tether. It's unobtrusive. Um, I have, so I have two Prusiks, two carabiners, and they're slightly offset from one another as far as lengths go. So they don't clang into each other, but they both have like just, you know, th- there's no slack in any of it, you know, maybe like an inch of slack in my backup one because it's up there with me anyway. So if something were to go wrong and let's say I drop my stick, then, you know, then it turns into trying to inchworm your way down with your tether and your lineman belt. Or uh, maybe tie, a, um, I was thinking of maybe tying a, like a bowling lot, let's say, on each one of them for like a foot loop and and kind of like walk your way down with, with you know, with, with the two tethers, you know what I mean? So um, I, I hear you about safety and if anything I'm taking, I want double duty out of that thing. I don't want to take just one thing and, and, and not be able to use it as a backup for something, you know what I mean? Right, exactly. And I, that's... That's that's my approach as well. So I know a lot of guys will, you know, carry. I use my lineman's belt. I do two carabiners for that reason. I'll take that lineman's belt once I get tethered in, and I'll wrap that lineman's belt around the tree, and that's what I put my backpack to. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I, I'm with you. Any any place you can cut weight, absolutely. But again, I, I just want to make sure guys are being safe. You know, it's it's a tremendous sport, but it's not it's not worth you know being injured severely or dying for it. Yeah. hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree with that. Um, yeah, you know, going, go going back, uh, you know, we kind of took a detour a little bit there, but going back to some, so a couple of the benefits of, uh, of, of not only your saddle, but just saddle hunting in general. But well, first of all, your saddle is very, very small. I mean, it, it is as compact as anything else out there. I mean, it literally can ball it up and shove it in your pack you know it's it's not it's not big it's not heavy it's not uh it it, it balls up or folds up like very very small and you know when i did when, when i was hunting with a tree stand like i ended up hunting from the ground a lot because i'm like man i don't feel like carrying this tree stand in and if i get to somewhere maybe i may not have time to climb the tree or if i don't want to climb the tree and it would sit and it would sit in my truck or sit in my car or whatever but this, okay, I'm going to tell you, like our season here in Minnesota opens up this weekend, right? Um, it's, uh, it's, it's the 12th, September 12th here as, as we record this. Tomorrow's Friday the 13th, by the way. It opens up on, uh, on Saturday. I may, I'm probably not going to go out Saturday because, you know, um, just family scheduling issues, you know, but Sunday I'm going to go. The place I'm going to go, I'm probably going to sit on the ground. But I'm telling you, I'm going to have like everything with me anyway because my bat, it, it's packed. I have like, you know, there's nothing else that's going to go in there early season that 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 needs to come out. It's not like I'm carrying like extra jackets or this that. And the other. I have my ghillie suit that's going to get strapped to the outside, and I'm still going to take my one stick. If I feel like climbing um, the, the tree, there's this one spot I've got picked out that you know if it, if it works, it's going to work great. But it's going to be a really narrow shot, narrow window. Um, but I was thinking, it's like man. I'm just going to go in. I don't have the feeling of, oh, I got to lug a 14 pound stand and another 10 pounds of sticks and another, you know, blah, blah, blah. For, for me potentially not even getting to where I'm going and even using it. This is like, oh, my entire system weighs 17 pounds complete, right? Ready to go. And I'm like, well, if I want to sit on the ground, I'm going to sit on the ground. And if it's not that much more to, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hauling like whoopee one stick with me. You know what I mean? I can do that. So it gives me like that much more freedom to just kind of grab my pack and just go, you know. Well, and I'll tell you, you, you a lot of deer have been saved for that 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 exact thing that you're talking about here. You know, when when you're dealing with a lot of equipment, when you're trying to lug a tree stand in there, some kind of climbing method, even you know, and I and I did, I hunted out of a 
when the Bakers first came out, I got a Baker tree stand. I don't know, Emma, if you're familiar with those things, but you know, they're clunky and loud, and, mm-hmm. you know, but the, the first real climbing tree stand that ever came out and, you know, um, but a lot of deer were saved because of, you know, guys talking themselves out of going to places to hunt. Is that a climber? Was that a climber, that one? Yeah. Is that you the one that's got, like, the big kind of, like, angle iron-looking... Uh, uh, got a big thing in the back. Yeah, you know, yep. Yeah. But, you know, as far as being safe, it was a safe stand. Yeah. You know, once you got that corner around the tree, it wouldn't slide down the tree and, and those kind of things. But the point is, is that even now, with as much technology as we have and as light as these tree stands are, you know, you still got to find a way to climb up in that tree... And you will talk yourself out of going to places where you you could kill deer, right? Because you're rash your mind about God. I got to carry this thing in there, and it's I got to climb the tree, and I'm going to make too much noise, and especially in the morning. Now I don't know, you know, if, if, if guys aren't taking full advantage of these mornings where they can sneak into an area, and even if it's starting to break daylight before they actually get into a tree. You got about, I'm telling you right now, in, in these areas, especially on public land, you probably, you have a good 60% of hunters who aren't going to do that during the morning. I agree. They're not going to go in the dark and they're not going to hunt those areas. And if they are, they've already got stands set up mm-hmm. and, and probably stands set up in places where the deer already know where they're at. Right. So I've killed, basically I killed a lot of deer. Sneaking into areas, cold, completely just a spot on the map or just a hunt, climbed up in a tree and killed a deer. Right. Just be, it's, it's the element of surprise. Yeah. You know, it, it just, it has to be. So when you start to carry more equipment, especially, you know, stands and sticks and those kind of things, you're going to talk yourself out of a lot of hunts. Yeah. And that the, just doesn't happen. I, yeah. Hunter. Yep, 100%. That whole, it's it's a burden factor is completely el- eliminated for me, you know? <laughs> and it's like, I don't feel like, hey, if I walk in like a mile somewhere and I decide not to climb a tree, I'm like, eh, big deal. Okay, I'm, 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 I sat on the ground, whatever, it, it worked out better that way, or I just didn't feel like it. But at least it, it wasn't, it, it didn't feel like a burden carrying it in and carrying it out, you know? And, and, and most importantly, I didn't leave it, I didn't leave it, you know, back at the car. So, yeah. Um, right. Okay, so I want to. Um, I mean, I, I guess we've we've kind of talked about uh, uh, you know the, the benefits of this, and the, you know it, it's. I mean, are, are there is there anything else about the tactical saddle like itself, as far as its design, that you want to talk about that people may not be aware of, or that, that it does differently from from other other brands? Well, just that 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 sliding strap, you know, that sliding sling or rump strap. You know, that, that it's the ability to adjust that when you're, when you're up there. You know, when you're walking in, I know a lot of guys like to wear them in. I'm like you, I'd like to follow it up. Um, yeah. I would recommend, you know, I know those things can be burdensome sometimes if you're just blowing them up and throwing them in your pack. The, 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 uh, straps can get, um, can get tangled. I know if, if you put the straps in place, if you put the, uh, G buckle back in place and you put the waist belt, back in place before you ball that up and put it in your, your pack, you'll never have a problem with tangling. You'll be able to pull that thing out and put it on within a matter of seconds. Yeah, it's been pretty um, easy. Yeah. Yeah. So but that strap that's able to slide. Now if you're a guy that wears their their saddle in and out, that to me and, and when I'm getting feedback, see I never thought it was a big deal because that's just the way I did it all the time. But I'm getting a tremendous feedback about that is almost genius. About the fact is that you can slide that, slide that, that lower strap all the way up to your, your back and walk in and climb with that saddle on without any problem. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it was never, it, would, it, it I never had a thought about that because that's just how the, the saddle was designed for me. And it was just a, it was a benefit that I didn't realize such a strong benefit. What, what was know, the primary design, design behind that? What was, what was the primary purpose of that? Well, I, you know, like, like you're saying, you know, you got all these saddles. You had the trophy line, and even the, the Anderson had some kind of way to keep those straps from 
spreading so wide that, you know, you could almost fall out of it, mm-hmm. right? Um, I thought, well, I, I don't want to sew the two straps, you know, side to side. I want something, I want leg straps. That was something that the original Anderson never had. Um, but I like that on the trophy line. So I thought that, that makes it great because you can put that between your legs, you know, put it in place and you will never fall out of it and have a chance to fall out of it. Right. So I, I, I did that for the, that purpose, but then originally I had sewn that strap to, you know, do that strap that went between your legs. I'd sewn that to the, to the rump strap or the, the sling is on the And that works okay too. But I don't know what happened one day or I was messing around with that and I got, got just kind of lazy and I thought, I'm not going to sew that. I'm just going to sew a pocket so that goes through those straps, go through that lower strap and I want to see what happens. And lo and behold, it didn't make a difference. Right. In fact, you know, you need to slide that, you know, when you're sitting in a tree, you can slide that lower or higher to be comfortable. I just stopped doing it at that point in time. Yeah, I found that it just kind of finds its you know, natural I, place, you know, that, that you feel good, and I, I never adjusted it. Yeah. Yeah. And I recommend if you're a leaner, you want to you want to have that strap, you want to have those two straps wide. You want that, you want the lower strap to ride on your upper thighs, and that upper strap to either ride, you know, at at or below belt line. Some guys like it above belt line, whatever's mm-hmm. comfortable there too. But because you can you can move that lower strap, you never had that option with the upper strap, right? It was as wide as it would get, and either you had to have a lower below your belt line or pull it up above, and you had to have that rump strap, you know, sitting high on your butt. Right. Well, with the ability to slide that, now you don't you you can have that upper strap anywhere you want it, and the lower strap anywhere you want it. Right. So if you're a leaner, what I recommend is you're, you know, you put that strap, you know, as high as you like it, but then put the lower strap a little lower down or, or on the upper thigh, and you'll get a little more support like that. Yeah. Where it might seem like the opposite. When you're sitting, you bring that up so it's sitting on the meat of your, your buttocks, where there's more support there. Right. And I know it would seem like that would be the opposite, but it's not. And I and I feel like it's more comfortable when you're sitting to have it sitting you know, we're the most padding it, I guess. That's the best no, I, 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 I get you. I, I found the same thing. I, I would have thought that having that adjustable strap underneath more, like, let's say, closer to your knees, like towards your knees, like closer to your knees yeah. rather than your yeah. butt would have been more comfortable yeah. as you're sitting. But it's not. It's it, When you do that, it kind of wants to, like, fold you up. Not fold you up, but, I mean, put more pressure upward, yeah. kind of pull your knees up. And I don't know. I, I just, like yeah. I said, it just kind of found its happy medium because I'm, like, halfway sitting, halfway leaning. I'm still, I'm still learning, right? But I'm I'm never uncomfortable in it. It just finds its happy medium, and I'm like, okay, it's just I don't even think about adjusting it. You know, I mean, it just ends up there. Right, right. And and right, remember you said it. I mean, you know, a lot of what I just discovered was just being in that saddle. Mm-hmm. You know, I was dedicated to it. I was uh, I was you know I liked it. I was sold on the concept about you know hanging in a tree with this you know as little as possible and you know i i learned to shoot you know very well out of it matter of fact i found in some instances it'll help you shoot even better especially when you have a deer at the base of your tree yeah you try to fold yourself around a tree stand where you got two feet flat on a platform and then try to bend it the way it's very difficult right in a saddle because you're ready in the proper angle especially with a traditional bow it, it's just natural to want to bend it the way yeah so you're in a natural you know um, optimal shooting position. So. Well, awesome, man. Okay, so I'm we're, we're almost coming up on an hour here, and I want to ask you uh, th- three more things here. First of all, and they don't have to they don't have to be long. So I I, I sent you I, I kind of like pre prepped you for this, but I want to talk about yeah. your your biggest your biggest like aha moment, whether it's in the woods or with the saddle or whatever. Your biggest mistake as a hunter, and then uh, we'll talk about the future tactical saddle. So how about you, you can you can take your pick. Oh, geez, Louise. No, boy, that's a pretty broad option. My, my right. biggest aha. You know, my biggest aha came recently. My biggest aha came in the fact that I, you know, I, w- I was almost forced to take a risk that I wasn't going to really take on my own education. <laughs> yeah. And the biggest aha is meeting so many individuals like yourself 
And that's been the most beautiful part of this thing. Literally, if it didn't, if it didn't take as long as it does, and it doesn't take that long, but I mean, if it didn't take as much away from my family, you know, to help produce these things, I would almost do this for free. Right. Because I am enjoying myself talking to people about this stuff. I really am. I met so many people from across the country, from California to New York to, to Florida and, and South, who were who fired up about this stuff. Yeah. You know, and who want to talk hunting and so many great guys. You know, literally so, so many great guys. And yeah, that's, it's a good community. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I've known the archery community, and we're pretty rooted up to it here in the state of Michigan. You know, I know a lot of guys, you know, from the you know, Michigan Longbow Association and Michigan Traditional and those kind of things. But, yeah. Um, but to, just to talk to so many people who, who kind of know me a little bit from Jason's podcast, so it, it's almost like I already had a pre-built relationship with these guys. You know, there was no, there was no discovery moment there. We just they got me on the phone or I got them calling them back and, 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 and this has been a, this has just been a tremendous experience. I mean, I've loved every minute of it. Good, good. I can't say there's one moment in this whole experience I've ate it. That's my biggest <laughs> aha. Awesome. So, okay. So, uh, what was your, what was your, what was the biggest mistake you think you've ever made, let's say, as a hunter? Oh, good God. <laughs> oh, man. There were just so many things, you know, I've, I've had so many blown opportunities. I have been, I have been a, one of the most blessed people that you, you would ever meet. I mean, I had the opportunity to hunt the subarctic all the way into Mexico. I've hunted Africa, you know, I've, I've hunted across this great country. Um, you know, I, I can't, I can't, a mistake in terms of hunting, I, I guess that's a hard one to frame. Yeah, yeah. There were shots, there were shots I wish I, I could take back, you know, or, yeah. or things I wish I'd done different, you know, on different hunts. But I, I just, I, I don't know, man. I, I wish I, I guess I wish I, I had, you know, more opportunity to, to spend in the woods. I, I one of the, the, the biggest mistake, my son loves to hunt too, but also, you know, he loves to play football. He's very athletic. Um, my wife, she was a, she hunted for years and years, hunted with traditional bow as well. I wish I would have kept them more involved, especially with my wife. My son's more involved. We hunt every year together. Yeah. You know, matter of fact, this weekend, this youth season open, it's going to be his last year to be able to, you know, to hunt this early season. Mm-hmm. But God, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't know that I would read anything. I really, I really would. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of shakes out the way it's going to shake out, doesn't it? You know, it really, it really does. I yeah. Mean, you know, I wish I would have taken more opportunity to do some of the things that I was invited to do. I guess that was one. Yeah. You know, I've been invited to go on some tremendous things where I just couldn't find the time. You yeah. Know, I, I wish I would have taken those times to, to do that. Yeah, more, you more, know? more memories, more experiences, that kind of thing. I mean, that's, I think that's kind of universal. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that that kind of sums that up. Okay, so um, the future of Tactisaddle. Now, you you hinted at something, and I'm, obviously you're not going to give away anything yeah. you don't want to give away, but you hinted at something to do with sticks. Yeah. Um, and well, what what else yeah. is down the line for Tactisaddle? I mean, is it just going to be you sewing this? And it is just you sewing this stuff right now, right? It, it, is, it is pure custom, buddy. It's just me. You know, me, I've got a couple of industrial sewing machines, and I'm, I go to town. I get home at night. I do my thing with my family. We eat. Yeah, they go to bed. I start sewing. And, yeah, you know, I'm, I've, I've been pretty good. I can get, you know, I can, I can get about, you know, I can get a solid seven to nine done a week. Wow, you know, okay. so it does keep you track. It keeps you on schedule. Yeah, you know, and that's just that's just sewing. You know, sewing, and again, keep my normal schedule. If I really push and I spend additional time doing it on the weekends, I mean, I can get, you know, I can get ten, eleven done. What, what, how much is the backlog, by the way, right now? What, what is the backlog? Um, if, if someone were to order up a taxi saddle right now, we're still at two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Okay. We're wow. That's weeks, yeah. Two weeks right now. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, and again, give or take a few days, obviously. Right. You know, um, for for 
unforeseen events, you know, yep. whether I got to stay at work late or I got to deal with something, you know, I could call it, get a call and I got to go deal with something. Put out a fire, right? Yeah. Yeah, put out a fire, exactly. Okay, but, so um, sticks and then few, maybe future versions sticks. of the Tacto Saddle or what, any other products? I'm working on right now, I'm working on, and I'll just, I'll just put this, because I don't want to discourage people from ordering a saddle right now, but I do want to, I do want to put a, you know, plug or a prompt out there. Um, working on a completely modular saddle. Hmm. And I'm kicking, kicking around the name. It's going to be lighter than the stack of saddle. Um, matter of fact, you, I accredit you to the, the lineman's loops that I'm going to use for the saddle. <laughs> okay. It's really, really it reduced the overall profile. You, you wanted to see something a little more akin to how Mantis did it. Mm. And I played with that a little bit. Matter of fact, it's sitting right here next to me. And, you know, it's doable. Um, but, you know, the way those linemen loops work, they were kind of like spreaders, right? Well, right. with this saddle, I don't, I don't need those linemen loops there. Matter of fact, I'm using the linemen loop in a different way with the leg straps in a different way that, that provide the same same kind of uh, support. Interesting. But it's going to, yeah, it's going to be a little lighter. The webbing I'm using for this is a little stiffer, however, because it needs to be a little stiffer feel. Mm-hmm. But it, it's going to be lighter. And I'm playing with a different buckle. You know, the, the standard's been the, uh, you know, the, the Cobra type yep. tactical buckle. So I'm going to have to play with this for, for, you know, this season to see if. If I'm comfortable with it, if I can comfortable with it, you know, I'll offer it up to people, and, right. and it, it may work, but it's gonna it's gonna challenge conventional a little. You know, um, they looked at the Tacta saddle when they questioned it. They're gonna look at this one a little bit. Well, at least um, they'll be used to questioning it. You know, <laughs> right? Exactly. But the thing they will see is they're gonna see the floating belt. You know that that belt that that floats in there. You know. Um, I, I'm going to continue to use that. The belt, the way the belt attaches might be a little different, but it's going to be a floating belt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you twist and turn in there, the belt doesn't bind. Yeah, you know, I didn't um, notice that till the third time I wore the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh, son of a bitch, this thing, this thing like rotates through. I, I, I never noticed I that. Never which, yeah. yeah. Yeah, same kind of thing. I used to sew them in there, but. What I ended up doing is you end up turning around to do a shot behind you, and that that buckle wants to bite, right? Right, right, it wants right. To kind of nip you. Yeah. For that, it just it slides through the loops, you know, and uh, you know that's that's why why I did it like that. Um, but you know, I'm pretty excited about this new saddle. I mean, it, 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 playing within the backyard, I haven't had a chance to hunt with it yet because there's no deer season open in Michigan. Right. But I'm I'm pretty darn excited about this one. Awesome. I, I haven't been this excited in a while about a saddle. Um, if so, we'll have the, the molly the molly strap on it, although it's going to be a lower profile molly strap. No, it's going to be another thing that guys are used to. Um, but it'll hold anything that a, a normal molly strap would use. Right, but right. I'm, I'm looking at it right. It works out the way I'm, I'm thinking it'll work out. It'll be no less than six ounces of it. Wow! Wow, yeah. and it's it's not like it's not like you're, you're it's it's not like this one's this heavy at all in the first place. I mean, it's about no. as it's about as you know light and small as you know as, as it gets. So it's uh, yeah, that's that that's pretty amazing. All right, so do you have any last uh, any last kind of like parting words or whatever that that you might want people to know about? You know, where where can they where can they find you? Where can they how do they order that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, they can reach me through. Uh, uh, saddle at outlook.com. They can email me direct. They can order through the website. And I would encourage, though, make sure if you order through the website, you know, they, they look for address. A lot of guys will just give me your street address. Please provide a full address on the order form. Um, otherwise, I have to utilize your PayPal address. And, um, the only problem I've had on an order so far is I've got a, I've got uh, a, a gentleman and his, uh, and his son. Who actually texted me, or not texted me, but emailed me today, saying that the saddle had not arrived yet. And I looked at the address, and the address that they, the partial address they provide me, does not match their PayPal address. Mm. So I'm going to have to do some tracking on that tomorrow. But that's the only real problem I've had out of you know 70 saddles that 
I, I, I can attest um, to that because I, I think you and I talked about it too. Sorry to interrupt, but you and I talked about it too, that um, when I had ordered mine, luckily I was able to get it uh, canceled because for some reason PayPal still has my old address from like four years ago and I cannot seem to get, get right. that off of PayPal. It, it, it happens all the time. I got to make sure when I, whenever I order something that, that it doesn't go to my old address. So yeah, that, that's an important point. Well, and I'm going to have to leave some. I'm going to have to call him tomorrow and just straighten this out. Now, of course, if we can't track those saddles down, I'm I'm going to be selling them new ones. <laughs> yeah. That's just that. Yeah. And that's the other thing. I just want to, saddle does come with a, a, a lifetime warranty, basically. So if somebody sees something where something's pulling or something doesn't look right or it looks like the pitching's coming out and uh, they can send it back to me, either I'm going to repair it or I will replace it. Yeah, and uh, you know that's that's my affirmation to them that you know that I I do trust the product. Outside of that, I, I just want to thank everybody for their support. I want to thank people for their kind words and their encouragement to me. I, I mean, honestly, if I'd have known that I was going to get this kind of outpouring from people, I would have done this a long, long time ago. And I'm sorry, you you said the biggest mistake I made. I'm sorry I didn't do this. You know, there you go. I'm sorry when I didn't do the tenure. Jason was yelling at me about it. So. <laughs> well, awesome, John. I, I I want you to stay on the line with me here after we wrap up here. But um, thank you for being on. It's 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 late. It's super late for both of us here. It's after midnight for you. Um, so so thanks yeah. for doing that. Um, and uh, yeah, this is going to come out. I think I'm going to publish this 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 weekend. Uh, coming up this weekend, I think. So if not the following week, but I'm I'm going to try and get it out pretty quick. So anybody, uh, anyway, so go go check out uh, Attack the Saddle. Um, trust me, it is way more comfortable than you, you may think it is. Go read some of the reviews of people who have actually sat in this thing, and there they'll tell you it's kind of a revelation. Um, it's really really well built. I'm going to be hunting out of it. Uh, you know, if I'm in a tree. I'm gonna I'm gonna be hunting out of this thing uh, this year. You know, um, you guys know I hunt on the ground a lot as well. But like we discussed, um, it, it it'll still be with me, and it's not gonna be left behind. You know, in in the car. So um, anyway, thanks for listening. Always uh, subscribe and please leave a rating. Ratings are really really important. So uh, all the algorithms and stuff like pick this thing up. Uh, leave a rating and then go check out the um, the Bohoning Soul uh, YouTube channel. Um, I have a couple quick videos. I'm going to do a longer video when it, whenever it stops like pouring rain here and, 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 and crazy weather, um, about, uh, about the tactic saddle and actually showing kind of, uh, you know, in-depth kind of close-up kind of stuff. So that's going to be out there soon. And, uh, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. And I'll talk to you guys next week.